You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. What's up, everybody? Hey. What's up? Hi-ho. Hi-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We got a lot of people here tonight. Yeah, we we even have house. we have somebody watching us again. Ooh, we have a we have a oh, voyeur here. Creeping it's, on it's us in the hot. corner. <laughs> <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so we have Andrea here tonight. She's not been here before. So welcome, Andrea. Yay! Welcome, Yay. Andrea. Thank you. Happy Thank to you. have you. Mara is here as usual. Good. Hi, Mara. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Dana's back. I'm back. Woo! Welcome back, Dana. Yes. So we're going to be talking about Jim Henson films tonight and the work of Jim Henson and his legacy. But first thing we're going to do is we're going to jump into our sponsors, which as with every week, we're going to mention the Flint Institute of Arts, who just re-upped with us for another year. So we'd like to thank them for that. Hopefully we get the check. I'm still waiting for the check. Mm -hmm. We'll get it, though. (laughs) They're trustworthy. Good. Yeah. But you get a chance, make sure you head up to Flint. Check out the Flint Institute of Arts. Always great films up there. Great museum. Nice theater. Really cool place to go. So if you're into Mm -hmm. art and culture, definitely check it out. And then, of course, we have Matador Martial Arts. Mm -hmm. Rudy was here with us last week talking about toys. So check that episode out with him, too. So, and then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Liam. Liam's like projectorscreen.com. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. Thank you. Projectorscreen.com. Make sure you guys check out those guys too. Lots of really cool tech for home theaters and whatnot. So, in news this week, not a lot going on again. Yeah. Nope. It's yeah. been kind of dead, but we did just pick up on a news story earlier today that Jordan Peele has just inked a five year deal with Universal. He's going to be making two new movies with them mm-hmm. and has all kind of like first look stuff going on with it. So that'll be nice. interesting. That's really cool. Actually, yeah. he's a very creative director. So really looking forward to that. And then Liam actually published an article on the site earlier today. Ghostbusters is coming back via fathom events for its 35th anniversary. Oh, so, beautiful. So yeah. many anniversaries this year. It's wild. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on. That's pretty cool. 35 years. Wow. That makes like, me feel old. We are so old. We are so stinking old. Yeah. That's last, a big number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last one was The Matrix, which yeah. we won't talk about that again. Uh-oh. That was terrible. We told that story when but. we did The Matrix episode. How all the alarms and everything Sorry. started going off. <laughs> what? How about? Because it, it was 20 years? No, no. As soon as uh, Neo is getting ready to enter the Matrix, yeah. he's like, you know, blue pill or red pill. Yeah. I'm like sitting there like, yeah, this is awesome. Dolby Cinema. You know, he goes to take the pill and all the alarms start going off in the theater and the strobe lights and everything. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is kind of surreal. This is pretty cool. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. fully immersive. And then ends up that somebody had let off one of the fire extinguishers in the hallway at AMC. Oh my so they had to evacuate everybody. I'd be freaking oh. out. I was so pissed. Yeah, oh yeah. I was so totally excited. Yeah. Never got to go back. Oh. Bummer. Yeah. So 
All right. In other news, there were some rumors yesterday reported that they're thinking about doing another season of Twin Peaks The Return. I hope that's true. I saw that. I'm so I got so stoked when I saw that, but I didn't want to get too excited in case it's it's, you know, bogus. Right. Yeah. Some of that stuff you just got to take with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of them. Mm -hmm. But At least it gives us hope. Yes, that's true. Fingers crossed. I'm all for it. Me too. Yeah. Me three. I haven't finished the last season yet. Oh, oh come on. Get in there. I know. You know, I dedicate 10 hours a day to the site outside of my job. So, yeah. Okay, we get it. We get it. I'm always like, busy man. yeah, I get yeah. to write a lot about movies, yeah. but I don't get to watch a lot of movies anymore, yeah. which is kind of sad. But in other news, we got the Birds of Prey trailer today. I wasn't completely sold on this. It looked really like discount store to me. Mm. I'm still not really sold on the idea, but we'll see in a couple months. Yeah. It comes out in February, I believe, February 7th, 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. I like Margot Robbie. I think she's great in everything she does, but uh, yeah, was not sold on that trailer. All right. And last little bit of news is that Deborah Chow female director is going to be helming the entire obi-wan series for disney plus that's pretty nice cool. wow i always loves that love this with star wars as many female creatives as we can get into star wars that's what we need i agree mm-hmm. i like the way that that has all changed with star wars i so. agree with that and i yeah. think that that's like probably like as someone who like grew up wanting to you know to make film i think that that's like almost more important than the actual like character representation right that to actually see like representation of someone who's like you who created something i agree with you yep so that's the last little bit of news today and then in new releases joker is out on thursday night so So me and michelle are actually seeing it tomorrow cool have fun I'm being cautiously optimistic. I can't wait to hear what both of you have to say about it. It's kind of getting the negative reaction now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at, for, at the front end, it was all positive. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get the the three or five star reviews. Mara's throwing shit at me again. <laughs> I take so much abuse here. Oh, I know. Right? <laughs> Every week, abuse. Um, yeah. So Joker this week and then Lucy in the Sky, the science fiction film with Natalie Portman, is in limited release. And that's getting ravaged critically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's at like three and a half or four stars wow. on IMDb yeah. right now. I love her, though. Like oh, I always great. think she's great. Oh, always. So. I'll see it. Who knows? I'll see it. Yeah. Okay. So suggested viewings. I'm going to start uh, and then we'll just kind of do our roundabout like we always do i had the (laughs) distinct luck of seeing rambo last week the fifth entry in the decades-long series and it's dumb as shit (laughs) it's totally stupid tell us what you really think (laughs) but he loves it but i loved it i mean like (laughs) rambo the 2008 film hey beagles uh (laughs) I know, it's hilarious, isn't it? Still going in. We're quiet for the show. Beagles. <laughs> it's a sound effect. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you what Rambo they think they of share. Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they basically take Rambo and they almost turn him into 
like a horror antagonist. I mean, the violence that takes place in this movie is so out of control, like hearts being ripped out of chests, people being sliced open from like the throat down to the pelvis. You know, there is like, it goes, Come on, yeah, it goes absolutely insane. The way they handled the end of the last movie with the, the turret on the Jeep when he just shredded everybody, it changes it this time. It's all hand-to-hand shit, mm. and it's crazy, and all booby traps. Oh, I thought you were going to say all boobies. All, like... all booty, booty trap. <laughs> booty, oh, booty trap. Got booty trap. Booty shirt on. Booty, booty. Yeah. <laughs> booty trap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to suggest seeing Rambo just for the sheer idiocy of it. It's just one of those movies you have to see because it's so... Stupid. Well, how does like the I guess the gore look? Is it CGI or um some of it's CGI, but a lot of it's practical. Cool. So it's a it's a mix, which you know now like I was at a panel in Atlanta for the Sci Fi Film Fest. Yeah. And one of the visual effects coordinators was there and was talking about how that's the best way to go now is to not just go all practical or all CGI. That they're really mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to do a hybrid. Yeah. In that it looks way better that way. Yeah. That they can pull off a lot more with the CGI if they mix it in with the practical. Makes because sense. then everybody's not going like, oh, look at all that computer generated crap. Right. But yeah, I think it was a it was a mix. So That's cool. I'm done talking about Rambo, Andrea. So it can be a show, right? It, it can be whatever you want it to be. Want it to be. Okay. It could be an um, album if you wanted it. To be. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to view an album, um, but um. So the one I was going to recommend in uh, in honor of the topic this week is um, the show Mongrels. I don't. I feel like nobody has seen that show. It was a um, a show that was aired on BBC Three in 2010, and it has all these adorable like Muppet esque puppets in it. And but it's it's a little it's adult, you know, and then British and delightful. And I, I just keep recommending it to uh, people and they keep not watching it. So I just want at least one of you to go out mm-hmm. and take my recommendation and actually freaking see this thing and see what I saw in it. Um, it was a short-lived little show. I think it was only on for like a season or two, but it was a good time um, while it was while it was on there. Have any of you seen it? No. The Mongrels? No. no. Okay. I mean, it's if, if you're if you're Henson fans, um, I, I think it's it's great. It's got a little more of the adult humor without like going full happy time murders with like puppets ejaculating all over the place or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's um, I don't know. It's just it's a delight. So that's that's what I got for you. That's what I cool. like to hear. Right. A delight. A delight. A yeah. Pure delight. Yeah. All right, Mara. Um, I'm also going to suggest a show this week, and it's also a delightful show. It's uh, the <laughs> the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I just finished up today, actually, and the third season is going to start in December, and I'm very excited. Uh, I just I like instantly kind of fell in love with that show, and it 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 it, it goes by so fast. It's like candy, and I just love it. All the characters, great um, costumes and sets. Takes place in the fifties, and it's just perfect. Very cool. All right, Dana, you got the floor. All right. Well, first of all, I have to apologize. I keep clearing my throat because I'm getting over some crud. 
Don't apologize to anybody. <laughs> ever. Just okay. do it loud into the microphone. <clears throat> Own it. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> like the critic. Come. <laughs> Uh, it will come to n- surprise no one that what I'm going to recommend is part two of Disenchantment on Netflix. Came out uh, on Friday, the 27th. It's out and it's it's very good. It's another 10 episodes of Disenchantment, um, Matt Groening's newest animated show. It's a lot of people are saying like it's Futurama in the past, but it's not really. It's it's a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. It's a little more involved than that. But it is closer to Futurama than it is yeah. to The Simpsons. So if you're a Futurama fan, you like to look for little background jokes and really smart humor, um, and a lot of really good character development happens this season too. So I totally recommend it 110. percent I love it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first uh, sec- the first. What do, you, what do they call it? Like part, I the guess. Part, yeah, part one, um, part two. And t- part two came out kind of under my radar, I guess, last weekend. But uh, yeah. I'll probably check that out. That was a fun show. Yeah, I liked it. Honestly, I think I, I for Futurama, I, I don't dislike that show, but I never really kind of like hooked onto it. Yeah, I, I kind of like Disenchantment a little better, to be honest. Ooh, that's interesting because Futurama is like my favorite show of all time. So Yeah, and I, you know, I know a lot of people who feel that way and I yeah. don't like dislike it, but... Yeah. It just isn't, it wasn't what you glommed onto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's nice for me to hear people talking better about Disenchantment because the, when it first came out, I mean, everybody was, was ragging on it because it wasn't The Simpsons or Futurama. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, give it a chance. Give right. it a chance to warm up. And now that it has, people are like, oh, yeah. So Dana oh. was right. Well, it's like, do you really <laughs> want another Futurama or Simpsons? We have Futurama no, and right. The Simpsons. And they have their classic characters and exactly. episodes. And, you know, we can do, Make Rainy can do more. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's my recommendation. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. As now. Lucy would say, do it. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. Do the chopper. All right. <laughs> not going there. No, we're not going. Because once we start with that, it doesn't yeah. stop. No, no, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. Of Schwarzenegger impersonation. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a Schwarzenegger impression. I wonder why Schwarzenegger uh, never did a Muppets movie. Can you imagine how oh, bad it's still, really still really alive, guys. Let's just they gotta fingers get him crossed. In you know, <laughs> that could still happen. I want to see him be sexually harassed by Miss Piggy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a scene with him and Miss Piggy would yeah. be fantastic. Talk about the beefcake. <laughs> she could beat the heck out of him, too. She knows yeah. karate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She could be I would really agree. fierce. Was yeah. the master. Yes. <laughs> Miss Piggy, the world's fiercest predator. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Jim Henson tonight, and where do you guys want to go with this? Do we want to talk about his movies? Do we want to talk about the effect he's had on film? Dana, why don't you kind of lead us off with this? Oh, boy. Well, as I was telling the poor people who drove me, <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this topic all night because I'm a huge Henson nerd. I love everything that he's touched, everything that he's done. And what a lot of people don't know about Jim Henson is that he never actually set out to be a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he went to university, he actually m- majored in home economics and in commercial art. Interesting. And he he never intended to be in puppetry. He just really wanted to be on TV. Because when he was little, you know, his family, they used to gather on the radio. They would, you know, listen to the radio radio shows. And when TV started, he realized this is this huge, great, you know, medium. And it was different and it was new. And he was just really into it and interested in where it could go and what it could do. So when, uh, when he was basically 
you know, a, a, something went out that said, hey, we're looking for somebody to do a puppet show. He made some puppets and he showed up and he got a show and it was called Salmon Friends. And that's how he got his start. <laughs> so that's kind of where he started. Mm -hmm. But he also did a lot of animation and short film. And a lot of it was really strange and psychological and just really different from the stuff that yeah. most people think of when they think of Jim Henson. And so I, I might talk a little bit about that stuff. So <laughs> what what led him into The Muppet Show? Where, like, how did we get there from this early work to getting to The Muppet Show? How did that happen? It started with Sesame Street um, because there was a, there were a group of people who basically they went to a dinner party and they started talking about t TV and how, you know, children were really interested in commercials. Like, you know, one of the founders of Sesame Street talked about how, oh, you know, my, my little girl goes around the house all day singing the commercial jingles. She memorizes these things. She remembers them. What if we could use television to help kids like her remember numbers and letters and concepts? Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's kind of how that started. And one of them, you know, knew Jim Henson and knew of his, you know, his puppets because he was doing, he was doing commercial work at the time. This was like the late 60s, right? Like yeah. I think because Sesame Street was like 69 was the first yep. season, right? Yep, yeah. it's 50 yep. years old this November. Wow. Awesome. Another anniversary. Wow. Yes, a huge one. It's the longest running show on TV, I believe. Incredible. That's insane. Of yeah. all time. And wow. yeah, it started in 69 and it's still going strong. They're still making episodes now. Sure. So, um, but yeah, he was doing commercials. Gunsmoke? Yeah. Um, I don't know how many years was Gunsmoke. I don't know. But it's got to be up there. But... Yeah, 50 years. And uh, but so, yeah, in the mid 60s, he'd been doing some of his short films and then he was doing like commercial work. Like he did uh, he did the, the famous those famous Wilkins coffee commercials. Those. those are so funny. Are. That's where that humor, you know, from the Muppet show, you see that in those mm -hmm. original. There would be a character who was was advertising for Wilkins, and he'd ask the other character, "Do you like Wilkins coffee?" And he'd be like, "No," and and then he'd blow him away with a cannon. Now, do you I've like never, Wilkins coffee? So and then he'd point the can <laughs> cannon at the camera. Do I've you like Wilkins coffee? That's funny. <laughs> so, me and Dana are close enough in age, within five years. But did both of you grow up with Sesame Street? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally Was that like your introduction to Jim Henson? Um, I think Sesame Street and Muppets, I think kind of at the same time from what my mom was saying, it was pretty much the only thing I would pay attention to as a kid. I um, Just everything just, yeah, everything else just bored the heck out of me. But anytime I'd see one of those little puppets, I would just completely be enraptured by them and just give them my full attention. Well, because so. there's always so much activity going on. Oh, you yeah. kind of mm -hmm. had to pay attention. Yeah. So what about you? I mean, same. I, I kind of remember thinking of Sesame Street and Muppets as being, you know, the same because Kermit was the crossover character. Yeah. So I had recognized him from Sesame Street and then also remember him from watching um, The Great Muppet Caper, which was like one of the movies that we had on tape when I was a kid that I obsessively watched. So... That was like one of my, you know, first like cinephilic like moments or is like with the, that movie, Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, I saw that at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. And the Muppet movie. We saw all of them when we were kids, you know, because we were yeah. at the movies all the time. Yeah. Well, um, I wasn't alive when the Muppet movie 
it came out. I'm just oh. going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was not either. I don't think excuse is excuse. I don't think I was when Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan came still, out either. I was still a couple of months away from Hong yeah. Kong okay. because it just turned 40 this July, the Muppet movie. Gotcha. So we transition then from Sesame Street to... To uh, the, the Muppet the specials? Muppets, basically, yeah, there were some Muppet specials yeah. and... Um, you know, th- there were a few instances like uh, the Ed Sullivan show. You know, Ralph the dog was on Ed Sullivan for a while. Oh, really? Um, and so was an early version of Kermit before he became a frog. Uh-huh. When yeah. he was like the little like bluish green thing. Yeah, he was like this. Well, he was oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was yeah. this weird looking like, like lizard thing. Yeah, yeah he was actually the first Kermit puppet was made out of an old green coat and a ping pong ball. <laughs> I love it. The original Kermit was made out of that. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. Um, there was a segment that he had on Saturday Night Live too yeah. on the first season. I yeah, can't, yes. yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. I don't either, but it was like a it was like a planet. There was all these yeah. aliens, and was, there was like a king and a, and his family. It was really bizarre. I it don't is very name, bizarre. It's like it hard really to follow. Odd. I I watched a bunch of them when I was yeah. I like watched out of curiosity the whole first season of Saturday Night Live a few years back and. I was like, wow, I did not know there was a Jim Henson segment like every week on the show. Yeah, and I think it just it speaks to how ubiquitous Jim Henson was in our early lives. Like yeah. he was just everywhere. Absolutely. You know, he was and you know, and even the generation before us, I mean, he was just all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. TV, movies, animation, mm-hmm. puppets. He did a lot of the early films, like the little interstitial films on Sesame Street, he did himself. Um, there's a specific series uh, called Numerosity that he did. There, there were films from one to ten, and they were just really simple, you know. And they would just count. The Land of things. Gorch. That's what go. it was. Oh, yes. Okay. Liam, you're good some, for yeah. something tonight. Thank you. Again. Thanks, Liam. Liam. He's not even here. He's our like remote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, co-host. <laughs> our IMDb liaison. There you there. go. We should. Uh, we should get Liam here every week. There you go. Just have him just a like fact in the checker? corner being like, right. Well, he's our fact checker, <laughs> and he called? could be doing, Liam should be, if if Liam's not on the show, maybe Liam could be doing this. I'm, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just thinking on my feet right there now. There you go. That's an idea. Considering I just spent a couple thousand dollars on more microphones and more preamps so yeah. we can do more. When here I am getting do my more. drums all over this. Yeah. Let's, let's do <laughs> it. <laughs> let's do it. Liam, you're the off-camera guy from here on out. Yeah. Can't say no, Liam. No. Yeah. Because it's on air. So, did Lucasfilm use Jim Henson at all when doing any of the puppetry stuff? Um, this is well, something I've wondered about for a while. Well, I'm not as clear on that because I don't know as much about Star Wars, but I do know that Yoda obviously was was done. Um, Frank Oz, Frank Oz yeah. puppeted Yoda and voiced him. At least I'm pretty sure he puppeted him. I've just got to imagine was more yeah. than one mm-hmm. puppeteer. You know, like Jabba the Hutt was a giant puppet, and there yeah. were like seven dudes inside that thing operating that thing. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I have to ad- imagine that some of that transfers over, you know, mm-hmm. in the industry. Like, yeah, for sure. We're puppeteers. We do the Muppets, but we're also going to be this big, right. giant, <laughs> slimy slug thing. slug thing. Yes. That wow. gets choked out. <laughs> deservedly. Hot. But that, that's one of the reasons why I love so much of his early stuff, because it was so abstract and irreverent. I mean, you could just, you would have like a scene where like a little girl was walking down the street and then like there'd be a pile of hair and it would come alive and eat her or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It was just crazy stuff that, that he just, he always was pushing the envelope and trying to experiment with what puppetry mm-hmm. could do. Because, you know, once he 
he realized that he could tell stories with puppets and he started to love the medium more he and the, the further he took it and we have him to thank for a lot of the innovation that puppetry you know had yeah, happened throughout absolutely the years. yeah i always think about that uh iconic scene in the muppet movie where they ride bikes Yes. And that just uh, like yes. always like blew my mind when I was a kid. Like when I saw that for the first time, I thought, well, they're real. Like, they're, yeah, like yeah. they're, they're actually actual. things that don't, people do right. not control. Like I was just confused. I, I still think to this day, like I, I get lost in those movies. Like oh, it's yeah. hard for me to just realize they're puppets sometimes they're just such iconic characters like i just feel like mm-hmm. oh that's kermit that's miss piggy not yeah. that they're like these little yeah. puppets on the screen right. like i really do feel yeah. like that that's what how good of a job they do well you know and like on sesame street they used to bring in little kids to interact with the puppets those mm-hmm. were unscripted those Aww. kids they would just interact with the puppets and they never you notice they never look down at the puppeteer they mm-hmm. never they always interact right with the puppets mm-hmm. and that's I think that's like a universal thing. We all right. kind of, they take on a life of their own. They do. Yeah. They really do. And it speaks of the talent of the, the person who's, you know, the puppeteer. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm trying to put myself in Jim Henson's shoes right now. The Muppet movie, when it came out, was a game changer mm-hmm. because yes. I think this was one of the first movies that used all puppets through the entire film. Yes, there was human interaction as well, but it's also a musical. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about all of that. You have to, number one, have all your puppet design work done. But you have to make those puppets not appear like if you watch the TV show, you know, it's basically from the waist up. Yeah. Yep. Most of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Muppet movie kind of transitioned from doing that waist up thing to seeing the full physical form of these animals walking and talking and going from point A right. to point B, yep. driving cars, doing crazy stuff, yeah. sitting in a river on mm-hmm. a log. They're playing. in the real world instead of like on a stage. Yeah. yeah. It's very d- different. And it's something that wouldn't happen today because it would. this would be one of those things that would be all CGI because it would make it easier. Yes. And that's why, what was the movie that we saw with Melissa McCarthy? With the puppets. Happy Time Murders. Yeah, yeah, like that's why I love that movie so yeah. much. It wasn't yeah. because it was a great movie. It was a good callback to we can actually do puppets mm-hmm. and have them exist in the same realm mm-hmm. yes. as us. So I think the Muppet movie was a game changer in that fact and the music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Paul Williams' score in that movie is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Or soundtrack, I guess. Yeah. Love it. And so then that's, classic. That's the one where they do the, uh, the Muppet Babies no, part, right? no that's that in Muppets Take Manhattan. Okay. Yes. I, always, I always like really blend so those two cute. movies in my ma- mind. Me too. I love that. Yeah. But I, scene. I do too. It, like seriously, I feel like a dork, but every time I watch that movie and that scene comes on, I choke up. Me too. It me like really chokes me up. Yeah. Just the mu- the Muppets in general kind of choke me up. Me they too. Just, like that nostalgia. I don't know. There's just something so yeah. sweet about it and just takes me yeah. back. To I feel the same there. way about Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. No, we had to. You can't just let us have our sentimental moments. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's you know, optimistic yeah. in a way that a lot of current media is not. It You're had right. a rose-tinted pure. sort of, hey, let's, you know, we take these strangers at the beginning of the movie, and by the end of the movie, they're a family. Yeah, yeah. that's and, sweet. Yeah. You know, and, and there's that whole, you know, keep believing, keep pretending, 
keep yeah. following that rainbow mm-hmm. and and it was so there was no sarcasm there was no you know yeah they could be kind of irreverent and they could rib each other right, but they were never yeah. mean to each other they never right. bullied each other mm-hmm. it was just this nice thing that everyone could enjoy and you know no matter what you were interested in you could you could enjoy something about the Muppets and you know there were so many like weird weirdly dated jokes now in in some of it but Mm -hmm, but you know but that was for the adults in the audience Mm -hmm. and you know he was a family entertainer like like Disney intended to be so if we were just gonna comment on that movie like what's your favorite character in that movie in I mean, the, the Mumbut movie? Yeah, I mean, I always, like, Animal, like, I just can't get enough. I mean, I play <laughs> so drums, so, you know, is uh, it a hobby? Uh, uh, yeah, but, who doesn't love him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just totally unhinged. There's nothing to him other than power. Like, I'm going to smash the fuck out of these drums and, and be else. insane. <laughs> and I love that. You know, yeah, I love that they're cool. just like, oh, yeah, and just, just beat shit. Go ahead. Yeah. There's something yeah. fantastic about him. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't know, in general, um, over the years, I've, I've really grown a fondness to Fozzie. Yeah. You know, there's something just really, yeah. he just seems like he'd be such a good friend. And there's something about his like can-do attitude. Like he just, he keeps wanting to be funny and trying so hard. No matter how many tomatoes get thrown at him, he just keeps going. Bless his little furry heart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's just, I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of um, some sort of indicator of like where I'm at in life. Like it used to be animal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, like back in the day it used to be animal. But I, I feel like I've, I don't know if I've just like saw a softened or something or just, I don't know, I've started valuing different things in my life. And yeah, Fozzie in that movie in general, I just, I've, I've really grown a liking to that guy. I, I love Fozzie too. And I, my, yeah. one of my favorite Fozzie scenes is on The Muppet Show when Harry Belafonte is on and he's singing the oh, banana yeah. boat song yeah. and he keeps <laughs> getting the cue wrong. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. you know, And he just can't get it right. And it is so funny. Because <laughs> we've all been him at oh, some yeah. point. I think maybe that's it. <laughs> that's maybe in my is. maturity, like I've just screwed up so much in life that I'm just like, I understand Fozzie, right. it's okay. We all have. Just keep going, man. <laughs> My favorites have always been the uh, been Ratso and the Rats. <laughs> <laughs> Rizzo is great. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Whitmire put everything he had into that little character. Oh, sure did. Yeah, I, he's great. I think the thing with Fozzie is like he's like a perfect balance to Kermit. Yeah. Like they're both so sweet, you know. But I just think they kind of balance each other out in a way. Yeah, for sure. They do. And they're best friends. Yeah. I love that. Me I too. love that they're Pure. just like it's so sweet. Yeah. Okay, Dana, you'll it. know this because I'm I'm drawing a blank. But <laughs> what is the guy's name who throws the fish? Uh, the Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand. Oh, that's Lou right. Zealand yeah. throws the I really fish. like him, and I <laughs> like fun. Gonzo too. I like oh, Gonzo. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Gonzo is my favorite character in the Muppet movie because he <laughs> sings my favorite song in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's called "I'm Going to Go Back There Someday." And, oh yeah. And to me that song encapsulates everything about the Muppets and about the mm-hmm. nostalgia that we're talking about. Cause what he's singing about isn't a place. It's a, it's a time, it's mm-hmm. a feeling. It's the, the line in that song that goes there, there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. Mm-hmm. That's the essence of the Muppets right there. No matter where you are in life, you'll find something 
in the Muppets that you can latch onto and say, I see myself in that. And Gonzo was just such a weirdo and such an outcast, but mm-hmm. they, they took him in right away and said, you know what? You're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're married to a chicken and, you know, you are <laughs> a daredevil <laughs> in a hot air balloon, oh, but Camilla. welcome, welcome aboard. Let's all go to Hollywood mm-hmm. and, and have a good time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Muppets are so accepting. Like, we don't know what you are, you blue furry thingy, Thing. but <laughs> hop mm-hmm. aboard, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You. You're just you. some kind of mutant, but whatever. Yeah. Can you sing? Yeah, we got a place for you. <laughs> so after the Muppet movie was the Great Muppet Caper, or did Dark yes. Crystal come before that? No, Dark Crystal came later. It came okay. in the eighties. Um, I don't remember what year the Muppet Caper came out. These I'm kind of fuzzy on Here. the years. I got, I got it up if right now. I feel like Dark there. Crystal was like eighty three. The original Muppet, Muppet movie, movie was, was 79. 79. Muppet yep. Caper was 81. 81. So it did come before. I was like still super okay. 82. Like, okay. I'm still in diapers when that came wow, out. Wow, I thought <laughs> Muppet Take Manhattan came out before a great Muppet Caper. Okay. It's like 86, wow. isn't it? That one I remember going to the yeah. theater and seeing. No, the Muppet Caper was 81. 80, uh, or M- Muppet Takes Manhattan. 84. 84, okay. Yeah. There's been a lot of so, these wow. movies. Yes. Yeah. And there have been even more even after oh, yes. Henson died that that continued to come out but they weren't to me they were not as good i guess i, I don't know i Muppets I think, from space wasn't very good mm. and muppet treasure island was eh. I, I have think, a soft spot in my heart for the uh christmas carol so one. do i, I, I that's do a too. great take that's, on a christmas yeah. Carol. oh yeah it was i think one of the very last films that henson himself actually worked on before so? he died okay. i i think and brian henson directed it right i believe I think so. he did yeah I think part of the problem with the later Muppet movies that we've seen has been that they concentrate more on the humans. Yeah. Then, uh-huh. uh-huh. like, even, like, in the advertising and the promotion and the posters, mm-hmm. it's always, like, like oh, we have the humans up front and then the Muppets in the background. Mm-hmm. Whereas these original movies, like, the humans were just kind of, like, not the central focus they weren't the main characters right unless they were like an antagonist or something Mm -hmm. like that most of the time right but most of the time like if you look at the posters for those first three movies it's all it's all muppets Muppets. Mm -hmm. now it's not so i think that change has been made where it's like oh they're kind of they're movies about them but they're kind of just side characters and helping drive the plot instead of it being about them you know and i i liked the the when when they did the the muppets you know mm-hmm. that movie mm-hmm. the yeah that one it was okay but i think that that you've got something there like this was it was about them being the muppets it was like oh we're the muppets so we're nostalgic about being the muppets but in the original movies it's like i'm kermit and that's fozzy and that's gonzo and they weren't the muppets right they were just a bunch of weirdos who mm-hmm. found each other mm-hmm. by chance and stuck together and followed their dream and that that's what makes a that's what makes it a good journey movie, and right. now it's like oh okay well we're the Muppets so now we have to be the Muppets. But I would argue about. with the with that Muppets movie though it did have that because there was the Muppet who kind of like Walter yeah yes. he, he he had his journey of that's realizing true. he kind of belonged that's with true. them. But but even then you know if you think about okay well why did he have because it wasn't just that he was a puppet but he's like well I want to be part of the Muppets like he looked up to Kermit like yeah. he was a movie star. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to be part of that group. Yeah. And I loved Walter. I thought he was adorable. Yeah, yeah I really but, enjoyed that. But movie. that movie was it was it was nice because I, I felt like it um it honored Henson's memory and I legacy so. in, in that since it wasn't just oh we're just gonna do some dumb shit movie about the Muppets yeah. And, yeah. and cash in on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just brought up Jim Henson's 
IMDb page here. Mm-hmm. You know, he acted in 91 pieces of work. Wow. Whoa. Is he at 91? 91. I mean, you can go to like some old school, like go to Clint Eastwood's IMDb page. Sure. You know? Yeah. He hasn't been in 91 movies. You know, maybe you got 50 or 60, maybe 45 or 50. Yeah. But this dude was like... And in a lot of them, he played more than one character. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Because he was probably doing a lot of voice work as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got him on Sesame Street. The, the like, it's like a big chunk, like a paragraph. Yeah, there were of so many. every single person that he did on there. And he did a lot of them throughout the years. Yeah. So one, sh- one thing that we have not touched on of his is Fraggle Rock. Ooh, I loved that one. Fraggles. You know, Jim Henson was quoted once as saying something like uh, when he was coming up with Fragorek, he he wanted it to be a show that would bring about world peace. Like he, he was thinking about, you know, all because you have all these little ecosystems and they all depend on each other, but they all hate each other because they're like racist towards each other. Like, oh, those big dumb fraggles, they just eat our doozer sticks. And the fraggles are like, well, the doozers just work all the time and they don't have any fun. And then you have the, you know, the big old gorgs and they're like, oh, we're just going to stomp on everybody's, you know, little cage yeah. right? stuff because we're just big, dumb gorgs, you know, but they all depended on each other. Without one, they all went down, you know, and, and it was it was all about harmony and unity and trying to bring different cultures together. Yeah, that was a really, really cool show. I really, really enjoyed that. And. Um, that was all like fascinating to me as a kid, the different societies all interacting together. Um, because I, you know, I couldn't like verbalize that like you just did as a kid, but like it, it really, it speaks to to you though, I think. And, um, another aspect of the show that I just really, really loved was that guy's, uh, I can't remember his, the character's name, but his, he had that like explorer uncle. Oh, Uncle Traveling Matt. Yes, Traveling Matt. Yeah. He'd yes. come up and visit the silly creatures. And then he would, so yeah, good. he'd be like in in, so in the city, like yep. just like, you know, seeing normal stuff and yep. he, in, in like he would just describe it in his own like so weird funny. understanding way. And right. like the dog was like a big beast to him and oh, like yeah. chased yeah. him down. I just, I that was like so exciting when it'd be like Look, one of those segments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when this came out because it premiered on HBO and I think it was uh, like 1983. So this actually came out right around the time of Return of the Jedi. Um, But I do remember like there was this was a big deal when this came out. This was like Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. It was huge. Mm -hmm. And everybody watched the show. Like this was still during the time where you sat down in the family room and you watched shows with your family. Yep. Okay. Sound effects. Yeah. (laughs) We love the Fraggle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Fraggle Rock was a really, really big deal and it still holds up. Like, yeah, it really does. I just watched it like a couple days ago, and it yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Man, I have that. I have not watched that in years. It's great. It's still a ton of fun. I should give it. I should watch it. Yes. Just so much heart and everything. Yeah, in I all remember of it. really, really enjoying the cartoon too, which yeah. probably was not as good as the the show. I don't know but. if I saw the the Fraggle cartoon. Yeah, yeah, the Fraggle Rock cartoon. I, know, I don't think I ever saw that. I saw it, but what? I I didn't like it as much as I liked the puppet mm-hmm. version. Yeah, there's a Muppet Babies cartoon too. That, oh, however, Muppet I loved. Babies. Yeah, I, was I all loved over that. Yes. Now, I haven't seen the new CGI version, but I no. but I've the old seen. one. 
that was so, so fun because yeah, they was. would, you know, they'd open the closet and there'd be the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Episode. That, that show was really cool. Like, and and this is kind of what I wanted to say too. If we talk when, when we uh, were going to talk about Great Muppet Caper, but the Muppets kind of like at a really young age got me really interested in in film and in classic film because of stuff like that with the Muppet Babies. Like they'd open up the closet and there'd be like clips from some old movie in there. And like, I, you know, I don't know what it, what it was or what it is, but like it got me really, it got my mind moving, you know? And a lot of the plots of those shows, if I remember correctly, would be like parodies of movies. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah, a lot of them absolutely. I had never seen or that was the first thing I've ever seen with like that type of imagery or story and... um. So then when I would see things later, it would be, like, familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons I love Muppet Caper, because it, there was a lot of stuff like that in that one, and especially the uh, synchronized swimming scene. It's just, yes. like, a bu- Bugsy, Bubsy Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, later in life, I learned was a filmmaker who, like, made movies where, like, they did that kind of stuff just through the whole entire movie. So, you know... Muppets, I credit for the Muppet movies. I, I, you know, one of the things I credit for kind of giving me my taste and interests early on. Yeah, for me, that cultural awareness came from Sesame Street. Oh, there yeah. were so many, like, like you say, little parodies mm-hmm. that they would do. Um, but even more, I've been looking more into some of the music that they used um, in the interstitial films because I, you know, a lot of it was not actually written for Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. It was stuff that came from like old, you know, Moog compilations and stuff like that, and just really bizarre, like atonal synth mu- music, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, Philip Glass and Janko Nilovich and stuff like that. Stuff that you just wouldn't expect to find on a children's television show. Mm-hmm. But but that's where Henson, you know, drew his inspiration that's from. Cool. So he brought it in to show children, you know, without without directly saying this is something cultural you should know. He just put it in a film. And it's cool. And you never forget it. You it's cool because it's it. not right. like a talk down. It's not yeah. like we're creating this song for kids. Right. You know, which I always kind of resented when I was a kid. Yeah, me, me too, too, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. But, you know, that was that was what it was like. You know, you were watching a movie about like the short film where you learned how they made crayons mm-hmm. and they would just be playing this bizarre synthy music. And like and I for years, I was like, what is this music? And I finally found out thanks to YouTube. So people were like, oh, yeah, that's this and this. And it's awesome. like, really? Wow. And then you go mm-hmm. and look it up and you're like, Technology isn't all bad. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. <laughs> Sometimes Pretty internet cool people know something, and the and the YouTube comments, it's not all bad. Yeah, ninety percent bad. Well, you know, you'll yes. find that because a, a lot of the time when I'm I do watch <laughs> old Sesame Street stuff, and yeah, and a lot of them like they'll even be like people are like, hey, I was that little kid in the red pants. Aww, you know, awesome. and this is what it was like to be on Sesame Street. Aww. You know, and that stuff. And it's like that's so cool. Or they'd be like, oh, hey, my uncle was the, in that Zydeco band in that film. And this is what they're called if you want to find their music. That's nice. cool. Just cool stuff like that. That's what the sense and stuff brings out in people mm-hmm. a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Like, oh, hey, this is a cool thing that you never knew you knew when you were a kid. So one that we've touched on in the past a lot, but we didn't mention yet, is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh. Have you guys all seen this? I have seen it. Yes, I didn't see it. You know, this is so weird because it has such a nostalgic value for a lot of people, but I didn't see it until I was an adult. Um, 
It is adorable. I, I love it. I know. Shame. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> but no, I uh, I absolutely love it. And um, I, I just think it's great. Yeah, Evan Otter's Jug Band Christmas was based on a storybook by my favorite author, Russell Hoban. So oh. and he also wrote The Mouse and His Child. Okay. Um, and, and the Francis the Badger books. Um, but, you know, one that people don't remember as well is uh, one that Henson made called The Christmas Toy. I don't know if you guys that remember that one. I remember oh, more. I do remember that, that. with Rugby the Tiger yes. and oh, the rugby. cat toy. That yes. was his friend. Yes, that kind of creeped me out when I was a kid, to be honest. But I, I but I liked it. it. I, I wasn't against it. I was I was but. pro pro creepy. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar it. story to Toy Story. You know, the yes. kid gets a yeah. new toy and, and it's like a better toy, and he's like, "No, yeah. I want to be the favorite." And that's funny you mentioned that because when Toy Story came out, I was I think and like eighth or ninth grade at the time and i saw it and i was like i know this this they already made this movie it was it was some weird muppet it was yes. like a tiger and no one believed mm-hmm. me yes and i and i could not remember for the life of me the name of it or exactly. anything it was just like yeah. a really weird vague memory yeah i was a hundred percent on yeah on the same wavelength there like i could not put my finger on it but I'm like, they've already had something with this premise. I didn't even realize it was a Henson property, yeah, me honestly. Either. And then eventually, with a little bit of research, I um, somehow figured it out. And then I had to go rewatch it immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah, same. I was like, I, I had happened to like come across on the internet like a picture of it. Yeah. And I was like, that was that thing. That yes. was that Toy Story original story. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know it was... I thought it was alone in that. Uh, no, no. I'm so awesome. happy we connected on this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am too. Everybody <laughs> likes what they like. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, one we have not touched on yet is really the 1982 film, The Dark Crystal, which I think this was a totally different animal for Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Kind of no humans in that at yes. all. He kinda like moved out of the light into the darkness with this movie. Literally. Because there's a lot of like nasty shit going on in this movie. Oh for sure. For Jim Henson. And I think it's really kind of cool. And I do think it's kind of his response to the whole I know I keep bringing up Star Wars tonight a lot, but I do think that this was kind of his response to that. That We've done this innocent stuff with Sesame Street mm-hmm. and the Muppets and Emmett Otter and all these other things. Now let's try to do science fiction fantasy. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think that was smart of him, too, because, the I mean, the whole, like, I guess, climate of what was cool in 1982 was very different. Mm-hmm. So people liked that kind of stuff. Or we're starting to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And- and did this movie do really well when it first came out, Dana? Do you know? I don't I think, think it did. I don't think the critics really liked it because, you know, they, they wanted Henson to stick with the Muppet type course, stuff. And, of course. Because you know, nobody likes it when they do something different. Yeah. But it's got a huge cult following, as is you know, it's obvious now you see this the yeah. new Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, mm-hmm. which is a prequel to the movie. And it is phenomenal. It is beautiful. It is complex. It is just... Henson would have been so proud of this. Yes. It is so beautifully done. And, and Brian Froud and Toby Froud and Lisa Henson's involvement um, in the Age of Resistance, it just it shows so clear as day. And it is just, if you have not watched it, please go watch it. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself the time to let it sink into you. You will love it. I guarantee it. It is just 
I can't see enough good things about it. Has anybody else watched this yet? Um, I've seen two episodes so far, and I'm really into it. I just haven't had the time. And um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just something that I think um, Henson would have been really, really proud of. And it's just the perfect um, combination, like you were saying earlier, of like practical effects, like the actual puppets, and then like enhancing it with like a little bit of CG, but not just going completely overboard yeah. with it. It's just a it's very really subtle. classy balance right there. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's a great, great show. You know, and what it has really, it has, it has story, it has mm -hmm. characters, it's just... And it gives you there. There are some familiar characters from the movie. You know, oh, some yeah. of the Skeksis that are in it um, were in the original film, mm -hmm. so you'll know some of them. I mean, they have different voices, but but even the voices. I mean, the the voice acting in Age of Resistance is phenomenal. I mean, you you can almost. I mean, not even tell the difference between the Chamberlain, his his original voice, and Simon Pegg. I mean, you just... I love that that's Simon Pegg, by the way. Yes. I couldn't even tell, but I just wanted to see who it was. And, and yep. my jaw just dropped to the floor when I found out it was him. <laughs> also, so many. And Eddie uh, Izzard is in it. Um, Mark, Hamill Mark Hamill is also in it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and it's it's funny to me because when I first heard the scientist, I didn't know it was Mark Hamill, but I, I suspected it was because I heard his <laughs> his, like his animated. Yeah, his animated Joker. <laughs> right. I said, that is like the Joker on on goofballs that is like exactly. oh my god yep. <laughs> and I was like I was right it was Mark Hamill <laughs> see my theory's right everything comes back to Star Wars everything oh yeah <laughs> I'm glaring at you can you see me glaring at you <laughs> oh my six degrees to Star yeah Wars. I gotta dig into this one I'm hoping maybe this weekend if some time clears up I can start yeah. watching it yep it is not a background show you have to you yeah, have to immerse into yourself it. into this world. And it does a good job at setting it up. Like it it doesn't assume that you know everything about the world that you're entering. So That's true. It yes. it, it helps if you've not, if even if you haven't seen the movie. That's what can, I was gonna ask. You, you know, could right you in. jump okay. Yes, you that's could. cool. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes with these prequel things you have to have all this knowledge before you can start. Yeah, no, they set this so. up really, really well. Um and it, it actually reminded it reminds me a bit of, of that film I reviewed a couple of years ago, Yama Song, March of the Hollows. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the same people worked on it. It has kind of a similar vibe. So that's my little plug for Yama Song. It's a great movie. Go find it. Stop awesome. plugging shit. No. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. So what else do we want to touch on with Jim Henson? I mean, there's so much ground to cover here. There really is. It's almost too much for one show. I mean, I, I could talk alone about just my favorite puppet <laughs> who is a very weird puppet that, tell us about your favorite puppet okay my favorite jim henson puppet originated in a 1960s short film that he did called the organized mind and this character has a number of names he's called limbo he's called nobody he's called the floating face because essentially how the organized mind was made was there was all this like background film and it was just and then over that film was this interlaid puppet it was basically just three pieces of string that made two eyes and a mouth that just kind of floated there. And there would be there would be two puppeteers, one working the eyes, one working the mouth, and they would just work together to make him float around the screen and talk. And this film was, you know, it's about he's just basically a guy talking about his hopes, his fears, his, you know, he has this night these nightmares and he talks about just it's a really crazy film and it's it's on YouTube if you want to find it, but it's really excellent. And I first saw nobody on Sesame Street, there was a, a one scene that uh, he was in when Jim started working with the Scanimate program, 
really early like computer animation. It was really basic stuff. Uh, but um, but nobody was used in a in a film called A Count of Ten. And he had like this this in the original film, Jim Henson voices him. But in, in the Sesame Street thing where I first saw him, he was voiced by this DJ uh, named William Mercer, I want to say. And he had like this. So he had like this really strange, deep, calming voice. Like imagine Alan Almond doing <laughs> a Muppet. And he was just this weird, mesmerizing, floating face. And he counted to 10. And he's like, now then, a count of 10. And then there'd be all these weird <laughs> moog noises and animation that he was like projected over. So like he was just, he was called nobody because he had no body. And he was just this weird puppet. And for the longest time, I thought Makes I made him up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I made him up. I thought, because I would try to explain, you know, to people what it was. I thought I dreamed it. And then years later, I found him in a Jim Henson book. And I went, oh my God, this thing was real. And he was in another <laughs> film. So I looked that up and I was like, yep, he's my favorite puppet because he's just three pieces of string and this weird, creepy voice. And it's just this weird, weird. like psychological thing. And Henson was like all over that kind of stuff. Just it was just so, so weird. What was the name of the movie again? Uh, The Organized Mind. To find that, yeah, is it? I'm is intrigued. it? How long is it? Is it short? Um, it's it's a short film, but I think it it's it's something like maybe twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Mm. It's mm-hmm. it's a good size, but he did like I said, he did a lot of weird stuff for Sesame Street. Like I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I remember going, wow, when I was a kid, going, what in the world? Like, I learned what I needed to learn, but I just went, whoa. I think right. kids shows in general were like that back then. Yeah, a more. they were like just really that early eighties late 70s era like yeah like i look back now at some of this stuff you know and i'm just like whoa (laughs) things are different now they got away with more absolutely a lot more Mm -hmm. yeah which it's kind of weird because you would think now you know as Mm -hmm. we're becoming more culturally aware and more accepting you would think that you would have more like maybe adult oriented content in kid right. shows, but oh no 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 no, no. they have like really tapered well, it back. Yeah, but not even adult oriented, just more sophisticated. Yeah, you that's right. That's a better word for it. Not yeah, pandering yeah. to sure. kids like, yeah, you're right. hi kids, today we're gonna learn about the number twelve. Instead, we got the Pointer Sisters singing over Ooh, an animated yeah. pinball machine. So much yeah. fun. I love that one. Which that was you my know, favorite. everybody loves yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, and if I sing it, I'll get it in everybody's heads. Oh, I'm not <laughs> going to. You but, don't even have to sing it. It's just like already right here. That's how I count to 12 in my head (laughs) you know there was that or grace slick doing those race car animations Mm -hmm. i mean just all the involvement from people and i tell people all the time if you want to see stevie wonder's best live performance you got to find his performance of superstition on sesame Mm -hmm. street he is so into it and it is such a passionate performance and i'm not even a huge stevie wonder fan but I remember that from being a kid and just mm-hmm. like having like Paul Simon on there and, and James Taylor and, and Johnny Cash and all these people yeah. just coming on there singing to the Muppets. So good. It was just so great. Yeah. They did a lot of that on the Muppet show too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But on Sesame Street it was funny because it was just like, oh, here's James Taylor. He's just hanging out on the rooftop with a bunch of kids and Muppets. Like the Muppet show was kind of like, here we have the special guest. This is a show yeah. where yeah. we're all actors backstage yeah. and right, they're coming right. to visit. Sesame Street was just like, it was Sesame Street. So people just came to hang out there. You know, Harry yeah, Belafonte would just kind of hang out on the And they corner. never really made a big deal about who no. the like celebrity right. was because it's for a little kid who has no right. like frame of reference anyway. Yeah, like they'd be so. like, hey, Paul, you know, and Paul Simon would be like singing, you know, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I love that song. It's it's yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's this, you got to find the that where he's he's singing that on Sesame Street because there's this little girl sitting next to him and she's really into it and she's like yeah yeah dance dance and she's like <laughs> clapping her hands and he's like looking at her like okay you need to stop singing now because I'm gonna sing and she just yeah. keeps going and, and she's so into it and it's adorable. That's awesome. <laughs> but that again is the great thing about those shows they're just innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And fun. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have, I mean, you don't have to think too much. No. You can just watch just and enjoy, which yeah. is always nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yes. But yeah, we don't really get much kids stuff like this anymore, do we? No, no. not at no. all. It's very I, rare. I tried to watch one of those new Muppet Babies and it just broke my heart. Mm. Having I haven't been even on, seen it. I mean, like uh, the, the old Muppet Babies, I'll try to watch it now. And yeah, it was more kid oriented, whatever. But I, I can still find some enjoyment out of it like the new one is just like yeah. way too pandering even with their like cool purple penguin friend that they added summer there's gonna be a baby like, swedish chef too baby swedish chef him. what they're adding him in he doesn't have a mustache yet <laughs> i would hope not you'd have progeria but, if he had a yeah mustache. but no i i'll still pull up those old muppet babies yeah. the old ones because the music in those was so great i had a, i had a couple of the records and i still remember the words to some of the songs i love i don't I remember love the, the songs but i do love the like uh like it's like a doo-woppy theme oh yeah, yeah. the I theme of the it. song yeah which i guess is kind oh, of like yeah. a, <laughs> like similar to the uh the scene in the movie Yes. Oh yeah, so. it is. Yeah. I, I love that scene so much. I know. Yeah. And the song in that scene is so great. I know. She's gonna be a movie star and she's gonna learn to drive a car. <laughs> I am Everyone sampling knows. that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you leave that alone. <laughs> I'm gonna You don't wanna hear my Kermit impression next. Or my Swedish chef. <laughs> The coolest thing about the Swedish chef is that he had human hands. Yes. <laughs> did he? Yep. Yeah, he did. Yep. So did uh, Beaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beaker. Yeah. I'm. You can't not do the impression. You can't. You just can't. Exactly. You can't just like, oh, Beaker. You just can't not. It's so great. And yes. it just. And I love that the Muppets are still so much a part of the cultural lexicon, even though some people think that they're irrelevant now. There are still a lot of people who who love them. Well, and they're coming back soon. And, yeah, we gotta talk about it. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Right. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't. Know. Oh no, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we can't end the podcast without talking about the movie, another movie that is, has none of the the Muppets in it, but Jim Henson, you know, had his hand in was, which is uh, Labyrinth. Yes. Classic. Oh, I totally forgot With about yeah. that. David Bowie what? as the yeah. Goblin King, and, and we all love those pants on David Bowie. We oh, all do. Pants, magic pants. Those that was a, you know, as a young young girl. We all as a young ladies, like young girls. It was Jennifer Connelly, correct? We all got yeah, very, she was very about fourteen interested in that movie. And, in the pants. In those pants. The press wants to change the subject. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to change the topic to Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> she was about 14 in that movie. So She was still so beautiful. Very, very, yes, very yes. beautiful. But, yeah. Beautiful young girl. Young thing, but That's... yes. And the baby in <laughs> yeah, that okay. film. The it's baby in that was Toby Froud. Yep. Yes. Who now works on the Dark Crystal show and all, oh, all really? sorts of Oh, wow. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the, the son sense. of Brian Froud who does a lot of... And he... he 
they do a lot of the character design and stuff in those movies. He's a phenomenal artist. I love his work. And he's a producer, too. Yeah, he does a Liam, lot. Yes, like yes. David Bowie's pants. <laughs> yes, David Bowie's pants. Yeah, that's the, We all know that's the big star of the show. Oh, yeah. David Bowie's codpiece is the star of Labyrinth. I haven't seen this movie in so long. I do have it. I need to watch it. You know, it's I incredible. Was, the, the big disappointment about that movie for me growing up was realizing that David Bowie was not doing that cool shit with the with, with the, the crystal ball. They had some like expert, you know, yeah, like yeah. juggler guy. Wait, ball you're telling me David Bowie did not have crystal balls? No. He didn't handle his own balls. Oh. No, he, he was not <laughs> handling his own balls there. It was they had a professional ball, ball handler, handler who came up behind them and handled his balls. Ball handler. See, we all talk about David Bowie's balls. That's how to get us all talking at once. <laughs> I feel like he was one of my first crushes in that movie. Oh, me oh, too. God. Yeah. I, there, I remember, like, we used to always go rent movies, and, like, every once in a while, I'd be like, we're going to get a kid's movie. What do you want? And I'd be like, Labyrinth. And my parents would be like, again? <laughs> and I'd say, yep. yes, again. Forever again. Yep, yep. <laughs> and over and over and over again. And that I was me and Flash Gordon. And I would just be awesome. like, I don't understand why she like, like I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't understand like why what was happening was bad. I didn't either, I don't think. Like I was like, well, what's going on? Why is she trying to get home? I don't get it. Like the home sucks. She hates right. the baby brother. Go hang out with some goblins. She's you know? gonna like dance in a ball with David Bowie. Like That's the life. I mean eating hallucinogenic yeah. peaches. Yeah, like that hallucinogenic yeah. peach scene, I was like I was wow. like I mean it's a little wormy in real life. But, you know. I, I was just kinda like, Why is this bad? And then I grew up and I kind of understand like, yeah, why it was bad. Yeah. Um the scene with the junk woman is like oh, the that's so that's right where you get to the point of that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so poignant. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want your dolly, don't you, dear? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, No, yeah. what is all this crap? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And my favorite scene in that movie is the chili down scene. Yes. That, I think that's my favorite too. Which great song, great like segment of like puppeteering and like really that's cool incredible. like what they did. Um, yes. And what's really the cool is this little bit of trivia that you may or may not know is that Gates McFadden, who later went on to play Dr. Beverly Crusher in Star Trek Next Generation, was a choreographer and she was the, like the main choreographer on that scene. Oh, in that I didn't scene. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Either. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I always love that little Star Trek connection. And I love awesome. it too when they try to take her head off and they're like, wait, it's not coming off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was another thing as a kid that like legit scared me. But I was like, put it on. <laughs> like I loved it. Excited you. Yeah, yeah. I was yep. like, that's creepy. Those are my favorite moments as kids where I was like scared, but like strangely excited at the same time. Like, yeah. Yep favorite moments of childhood like i wasn't really scared but i knew it was creepy right yeah and i'd be yeah. like yeah rip her head off you know <laughs> exciting that's such weird. a weird kid <laughs> yes we were all weird kids that's why we're here that's why we're locked in this basement that's why we're all yeah. in chris's basement <laughs> yeah right we're like i like being scared and chris is like i got you locked in my basement we're all just giggling right where i want you so how do we think that Henson's legacy translates now? And how do we think he continues to affect film and TV in current times? 
Or is that too broad of a question? I would like to think that his legacy is more in the spirit of what he did and and in the fact that he continued to push forward with technology and he always tried something new and irreverent that not everybody was going to get. I mean, back in 1989, uh, NBC came to him to do a show called The Jim Henson Hour. And it only ran for four months, but I remember it clearly because he did so many new and different things the storyteller came out of that dog Mm -hmm. city came out of that um uh you know there were just the thought lion came out of that all of this beautiful puppetry and and acting and drama and and mystical exploration it all came out of the spirit of let's explore the world let's explore fantasy let's explore our imaginations and be open to what we create whether it's light or dark Mm -hmm. and I would like to think that when people sit down who really care about storytelling they're calling back the spirit of Jim Henson and saying this is my imagination let's just open all the doors and see what comes out of it and see where we go from here and that's that's where I feel like Jim Henson's legacy is good answer yeah, answer. thank you. I feel like I'm on Family Feud or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big money, big money. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard hard to say. I mean, I think he really um, he's somebody that just never settled. I think he was just an innovator to the very end, and it, it breaks my heart that we still don't have him around to see what cool new innovations he'd be making uh, to this day. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I don't know. That's kind of a stumper. Like, I don't think that there's like one specific person. I mean, certainly his, uh, you know, family that's kind of taken over is trying to uh, continue on in his spirit and all of them. But um, outside of that, like there was just nobody like him. I mean, he was just such an innovator, you know? Well, I think as far as his family goes, it's kind of cool because a lot of people will try to take advantage of you know, the estate, try to sell as much as you Mm -hmm. can and try to do as much as you can. And it seems like it's his son that basically heads everything now. Correct. Yeah. Um, And his daughters do. His daughters do. He had five children. So it seems like they're really respectful of what he created instead of just trying to like whore it out and Mm -hmm. pump out as much stuff as you can. Cause you don't see Mm -hmm. like a lot of like Muppets toys and you don't right. see a lot of merchandise anymore like because if they want to take advantage of it they could just be yeah. dumping junk yeah. out all the time well especially since a lot of the a lot of it is owned by Disney now so mm-hmm. you know and Disney's like the king of that right now let's take <laughs> let's yes. you know let's have Toy Story toys out five months before the movie even comes out so you don't even know what character this is but you can have a plush animal of it already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drives me crazy mm-hmm. I, you know me too because I'm like who the heck is that you know right. oh we already have you know, all these Funko Pops and everything, but we don't even know who this character is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Disney is typically pretty bad with that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, you're right. You don't see a lot of that with, with the Henson stuff. I mean, even with Age of Resistance, there isn't, even now, because I'm all about it. I'm like, okay, I want to get some Age of Resistance stuff, and there's not a whole lot out there yet. Do you think a lot of, I was wondering this, like, the target audience, I'm assuming it's more people our age that remember it for back sure. in the day versus mm-hmm. yeah. like kids. I can't imagine kids appreciating it as, as much. So I'm assuming that's partially why they don't have a lot of toys out. I would love 
some of those you know, sexy action even, figures. Yeah, though. I mean, just but like I was looking you know, up for mm-hmm. like uh, like collector figures and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Collector, There's only a yeah. couple of them out there. I mean, the Skeksis are just cool looking. Oh I mean, heck yeah! I want a Skeksi in my front in my front window. You know? I want a Fizz gig. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fizz gigs are Fizz awesome. Gig. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, though, there is this, like, like me, like, I collect toys still. Yeah. yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you would think that they would be trying to propagate something with right. that. Yeah, for like, a demographic. Yeah. 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 And there are a few things out, but there's not a lot not yet. Yet. So I don't know if maybe they're just waiting to see how well it does what they have out. I think it's done pretty well. You know, I think it has too. We we didn't talk about the like kind of failed sitcom they had a few years ago there. The Muppet Mm -hmm. it was just called Muppets, I think. Or Muppets Tonight or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. It wasn't Muppets Tonight. That was the one that was early nineties. That was earlier. Um, That 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 one failed (laughs) This was like a almost like a parody or like a of the office. Yeah. Yeah, It was right. And I was so, so excited when that started. And I think I watched the I don't even know. I want to say I watched the first episode and that's it, or first two, but Mike will probably say we watched every single one and I just blocked it out because it was boring. Aww. Yeah, it but really like, wasn't. <clears throat> yeah, it was just I called The Muppets. It, it was yep. out in 2015. Yeah, so, it may, so I wonder, like, you know, what they're going to do with those characters. I don't think they've done anything since, have they? Uh, they just announced, I believe, this week or last that um, Disney Plus is going to have a show called Muppets Now, yeah. which is going to um, bring them back to more of like a reality show, or not reality show. Uh, I'm, say, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, I misspoke <laughs> there. I'm so sorry. Variety yeah. show, like the original Muppet, the Muppet show. show. There That's was one. Cool. Yeah, there was one that they were um, going to do uh, along with that called like something like Muppets Live Again, where it was like kind of like a like putting the band back together type thing that was mm-hmm. supposed to happen yeah, like one, right after Muppet already. yeah Muppets Take Manhattan it already got mm-hmm. canceled um and I think maybe the fact that they're br- trying to bring this back to the roots like st- kind of picking up where it all began that might be a smart move uh for these characters I agree might actually like I, work out well. I agree the thing that I didn't like about that the Muppets the sh- that show was like the tone just was like way off it, it felt weird yeah yeah it's yeah. like when disney tries to be hip and and cool and with it it's it. it's that's not what we want we don't want you yeah. know we don't want that we want the innocence and the wholesome stuff yeah. we don't get that in our real lives we don't get that at work right. and you know whatever it's, we we get sarcasm and, and memes all day long right and it's we like we don't want that in our muppets and disney there are so many shows that kind of took on that uh like a uh, structure of office where it was kind of like a cinema verite type like mm-hmm. reality show yeah. type workplace sitcom and i th- th- i just you don't need the muppets in there no you just no. really don't yeah i'm looking at the poster and even that looks just like the, the, the office. office yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a there was a, a joke a long time ago mm-hmm. uh, that people on the internet kept saying the Muppet Show was the Office, and like there were all these you know like oh and this character is this character and this character is that character and you can and there were like articles where people were comparing the Muppets to characters on the Office. Yeah. So I think that's probably why they got that idea and then they went with it and it just didn't work it as well as they work. thought it would. No. <laughs> and it was like I didn't the storyline was like annoying too no? and mm-hmm. I'm like thinking about it more it was like Kermit and Miss Piggy were divorced yeah they so broke sad. up and, and then... it was supposed to be like how they're like dealing with it in the like 
work I guess. environment. I don't yeah. need that with the yeah. Muppets. Yeah, so. no, me either. No one does. It's no. like, I don't want to think about Miss Piggy and Kermit going no. through like a bad breakup right? and like no. being like shitty to one another. It was just. And then, like, their mutant babies are like, they don't have parents anymore. Pig, pig frog yeah. babies. And they're like, I'm like, half frog, half pig. I have nowhere to go. Yeah. Well, then they didn't, didn't Kermit have, like, a girlfriend for a couple episodes. Like, he started seeing some other pig. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was just so ludicrous. Like, no, you are with, you belong with Miss Piggy. Get back with Miss Piggy and stop it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm happy to hear that, yeah. uh, Andrea, that they're going to go back to, like, a variety show because I yeah. didn't yeah. even realize that that like that was something that I would want or like that's a really good you know thing for those right, characters right. until I saw that show and I was like no 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 yeah and I, you know and also I think that the variety show is something that we don't really get a lot of in the in like since like what the 70s well really well I, I mentioned the Jim Henson hour other than talent shows right and the Jim yeah. Henson hour tried that it had it was like an hour it was an hour-long show obviously and the first half hour was kind of like an updated like Muppet show in the future kind mm -hmm. of a thing mm -hmm. and they had all these new different Muppets and, and they tried to do that kind of thing with guest stars and whatnot and and they actually um, and then they tried to you know like then the second half would be something like the storyteller um, mm -hmm. it was more serious like so the, like the first part would be like the variety show in the second part would be like a more of a serious thing and it didn't quite work for the network that it was on but i think i just i wish that i could could i mean could sit in front of the tv and watch those again i, I sat in front of my tv and watched one last night dana well, i mean well i mean we had a a download of it but i watched oh. a, the jim henson hour yes but you know what i mean like and, like um, actually having it come oh, on tv sure. and like oh, being that'd be oh, so nice. i was so I was, nice. I was 10 or I was, nine, I was nine or ten when it came out mm -hmm. so it was like right at the age when i was like yes we have That's another true. jim henson thing to watch and it was just so cool and and jim magical. henson himself would introduce would introduce the show he, yeah, he was part of it pal. with his with the thought lion oh i love the thought I'm, lion. I'm like completely drawing a blank on whether or not i watched this or not i mean i was around you know really it into only Jim lasted Henson for and, four, four months yeah so, i mean it was like from I, I april to august i could have watched it and i don't remember but yeah it was it was so great it was and i just think you know he was really the only person who could have pulled something like that off even though it didn't end up working out yeah and it just <laughs> the people who remember it i think they just there's nobody I've ever met who was ambivalent about it. If they remember it, they loved it. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, sometimes going back to the well can work. And I think with something like the Muppets, just like foregoing everything they've done up to this point and just being like, okay, we're stripping it back down to bare bones. It's these characters hanging mm -hmm. out behind stage and doing their show. There's something sweet and special about that. For sure. And I think if they yeah. can get back to that, and not these like huge adventures and all this stuff. Like it's all been fun. Yeah. But I think going back to that core, especially now, yes, would work. It's it like, really would. It's hitting the reset right. button almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just going back to basics. Well, that was why that that newer Muppets movie worked, the one with Walter in mm -hmm. it, because that was what it essentially was. They wanted to go back and fix up the theater and be the Muppet Show again, and they were trying to make it you know like oh well here we have this legacy and there's this picture of jim henson on the wall that kermit looks at and and he's like yeah we gotta we gotta go back to the beginning and but then they realize that going all the way back to the beginning doesn't really work for a modern audience and it, it really i think it spoke to exactly where they're at right now the mm -hmm. muppets like we want to make it so that the younger generation will appreciate them but how do you do that 
without alienating everyone who already yeah. loves them. It's a really hard thing to do with, yeah. the, with some with the property as old as the Muppets. Well, it especially when you've got these jaded kids mm-hmm. who can basically just watch everything they want. Yeah. Like pull up your phone. Like mm-hmm. Bethany now, Bethany doesn't watch TV. Our 18 year old, mm-hmm. everything is on her phone. Mm-hmm. She watches all of her shows on her phone. Yep. Walking through the house, watching TV. Mm-hmm. In wow. bed, watching TV. <laughs> Hopefully not driving <laughs> and watching. Oh, yeah. You know. Right, <laughs> but yeah. So I think I've thought about this a lot. And I've actually been thinking about it the past couple of weeks a lot. Now that my kids are getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because we have four. And they do. They grow up so fast. Everything flies by and like I've been thinking about that like I remember with my parents like Thursday night we sat down we watched the Cosby show Family Ties Cheers the Night Court yeah you know good block of television and we actually Mm -hmm. sat down and watched stuff together and you know the Muppet show is back from that era a little bit earlier but that was another one of those shows that we would sit down and watch together. Right, yeah. And I think that's like missing now because everything is on demand. Everything is streaming. I can go on YouTube and watch Minecraft videos all day long if mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. You know, or longer, a decade. I could probably watch a decade of Minecraft videos. And yeah. I think the kids have kind of lost a little bit of that where like the practical work and those visuals and the puppetry, like they don't get that respect that they did but i do think like having something that a family could sit down and watch yeah. together mm-hmm. and enjoy together and is important there's yeah. no anticipation anymore either like i remember like you say you would you'd watch tv with your parents so you understood after dinner when the news was over then you got to watch your muppet show or your fraggle rock because and so you right. sat through the news with your parents Ugh. to get to your show like <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. so excited for my show to come on yes. you know or you had to you know hurry up and watch your show because it was on before bedtime or you know can i stay up a little later to watch whatever is on at 10 o'clock, you know, please, mom, can I stay up? Now it's like, oh, well, I can watch it at nine in the morning if I want to. I can watch it on my break at work. I can I can be in my bedroom watching something and somebody can be in my living room watching something else. Yeah, there's no you urgency know, there's, anymore. Right. You know, and, and you can, there's no, you know, and even the commercials, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. no commercials. You can oh, yeah. get Netflix without commercials or you DVR something and buzz through them. I mean, there's not as much of an experience about watching television as there used to be. And like, that's where Henson started was this, this new medium was so exciting to him because it was just like the radio for him, like gathering around with his family to listen to the stories and experience that Mm -hmm. together. And then he moved on to television and was able to do it, you know, for other families. Mm -hmm. And that's where it all leads up to. And we don't have that anymore. Really, it's I actually mean, kind of sad. It's in it pieces. You know, I don't mean to be like all emotional but it's, or yes. anything like that. It is. But it's fragmented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then and thus we we as people become fragmented. Well, oh, and I deep. I do think yeah. about this a little bit too. <laughs> Sorry, like, that's okay. Like we all have those memories of like sitting down as a family and like watching stuff together. Mm-hmm, definitely, like the Muppets or Fraggle Rock or whatever. Sure, like. They don't have that. They just no. don't. Mm-hmm. Like, no. literally, like, Alicia will watch, like, Lucy will be, or Matilda will be like, oh, can we watch a show? 
and they'll watch a show together. But it's always like those two. And then yeah. like Lucy will be like, oh, can we watch Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's those two. You know, and they'll be like, oh, Connor, want to watch a movie? Okay. But it doesn't have that same like togetherness yeah. as it mm-hmm. did. And I guess it just goes to speak for how things have changed, mm-hmm. you know? So, well, and you would wait for stuff like like it's the Great Pumpkin. It's oh, going to yeah. be on CBS that whatever night, and yeah. that was the night you would you would wait for that right. night to come Classic. and sit down, and you just remembered you'd see that little special product presentation, mm-hmm. and you'd get all excited. It's the Great Pumpkin, yeah. I still watch the Great Pumpkin on TV when it comes on. I would That's if great. I had TV. <laughs> we just don't have TV anymore. I'm probably the only one who yeah. does. I have, oh, I have it. I oh, have um, I have a Roku, and I, I nice. downloaded the Pluto TV app. Which I've I've actually been really enjoying when I don't really know what to put on. Yeah. Because it's like it just it's like flipping through channels and like oh, cool. there's just nice. stuff so that's cool. just on live and um today I discovered the American Gladiators channel that just plays nothing but American Gladiators. Oh, I love that. That's old school. So yes. yeah. And you can't <laughs> pause it or rewind it or you know, and it yeah. plays cool. commercials and yes. you know Michael be talking mm-hmm. and I'm like, just shut up. I wanted to hear what the color commentary was on this, you know? <laughs> like I can't pause and rewind. You're not used to this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just a totally different social experience. Mm-hmm. I know he got off of Henson a little bit, but I think it's all in the spirit of what he would probably say about the same thing. He would probably be like, this sucks, you know? I mean, he he was a really, you know, uh, I guess, iconic uh, television person, you know, not not just the movies that Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, so, yeah. An innovator across the board. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. And I mean, I remember he died in 1990, and I remember that. Too. very clearly uh, yeah that was probably like one of the first celebrity deaths that like hit me where same i was like same, same. Well, wait a minute what's what's happening yeah, like yeah. what happened to him and like my mom kind of had to be like well you know he got sick and died but like yeah. you know she gave me a cute little speech about how Aww. his work and his legacy would like live on forever That's and i could true. always go back and visit kermit and everything yeah. you know Aww. and so I always remember that, like when I think about him, you know, like yeah. one of the first real losses of, you know, in media that I had. Because yeah. you you didn't know that you mourned Willie when Will, when Mr. Hooper died on Sesame Street. We yeah. were talking about that in yeah, the car, did, about yeah. the yeah. episode of Sesame Street where Mr. Hooper died and they were trying to explain it to Big Bird. Yeah. He, we didn't know that we were really talking about an actor. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. But because he was an old friend of ours. Yeah, because yeah. that's what it, I mean. It's a, when you're a kid, that's real to you. That was the yeah. reality. So, And that's why it was so monumental that they handled it the way they did. Yeah. And they just were straightforward about it. He died, Big Bird. He's not coming back. You got to be, right. And it's yeah. okay to cry and be sad, mm-hmm. but yeah. you got to love him and know him while he was alive. So be happy about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's funny is we're t- talking about this a little bit more. It's very reminiscent of Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was another one. For yeah, sure. same qualities. Yeah, you know, of course. same educate, you know, and use emotion, mm-hmm. and you know, tell kids it's okay to feel bad or sad or, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And it and it always and to me even you know looking around the world right now and you know we're talking about toxic masculinity and all that, and it and you realize that 
we had such good masculine role models when we were growing up. We had Jim Henson and Mr. Rogers. Yeah, we and, did. It's true, yeah. And, and we had we could look to them for the, the examples of gentle masculinity mm-hmm. and, and wise and kind masculinity. And that's, that's important. I think that's important to bring up when we want to talk about, like, the things that we don't like and say toxic masculinity. I think it's important to bring up, like, the men who don't display that. You yes. know? Sure. Yep, it's important to give credit where it's yes. due. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So let's not talk about Rambo anymore. <laughs> yes, Chris, let's not talk about Rambo anymore. <laughs> More Kermit's, less Rambo. Yes, there you go. Let's... All right, guys. This was episode 127 of Real Crime. We'll be taking next week off because my puppy is having surgery. So, a little cone of shame. Yep, little cone of shame. So I'll have to be coddling her. Nursing her. Yeah. She's such a good girl. Yeah, she is. So, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Good night. Go. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming, Dana. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Andrea. You're so welcome. It's good having you guys. Happy to be here. And Mara's always here, so I don't have to thank her. So thank you anyway. (laughs) Well, you're welcome just the same. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com. And find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. 